0: And welcome to Gender Nebulous, Series 2, Episode 12. And today I have a very special guest, Sky Morden. Hi, Sky, how are you? Hi
1: there, Vicky. I'm very well, thank you very much.
0: It's really nice to have you on. I know we we keep bumping into each other at various events over the past few years. And I I keep saying I need to get a Sky on the podcast. And now here you are. Well,
1: thank you very much for the invite. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. It's brilliant.
0: so let's start with your involvement with our favorite organization, Trans in the City. So you are a director there. Um do you want to just explain what it is you do with Trans in the City? Because I, I know you've been there quite a while now. And uh yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just explain what, what your role is.
1: Well, as you know, Trans in the City is um um an organization um founded by trans and non-binary people to sort of to educate about trans people to Demonstrate and to celebrate us. Um, and it's a, a collaboration between us and about 300 of our global corporate partners in order to you know, achieve those goals. And I'm a police officer, and I reached out to Trans in the City uh, some years ago and sort of introduced myself and said, Look, I know that I'm not in the business world, I'm not in the corporate world, um, but I'm in the police. And I'd very much like to support your goals and your aims. Uh, And after a period of time, and I'm doing some work with them, that actually they invited me on board to to come and work with them. And at the moment, I'm now heading up the um, emergency services and armed forces sort of area of of, of trans in the city, because there are many trans non-binary and gender non-conforming people in the UK's emergency services um, and, and outside. And also, there are a surprisingly large amount of trans non-binary um, serving um, personnel within the armed forces, and that's across all three of the services. So it kind of became a natural thing, really, for us to reach out and, and, and try to, to engage, to find out good working practice, what works, what doesn't work within those organisations.
0: Yeah, so so your role is to kind of liaise with those different organisations and I guess get them involved with trans in the city, support the individuals within those organizations that might be trans or non binary. And, and just kind of that yes. general kind of collaboration that, you know, we try to do across the board. I mean, if I just read out what trans in the city's kind of, um, I guess mission statement is, this is from the website. So it's trans in the city is an open collaboration between global organizations, corporates and companies raising awareness to help further the inclusion of transgender, non binary and gender diversity in business. And I guess that also applies to, you know, what you just mentioned around, you know, police. I guess that covers things like fire service, ambulance service, military things. (laughs) You know, there's a there's a vast area of you know which is outside of business. I guess which you you probably cover quite very much
1: so. Very much so. And you know what people don't seem to realise is that we're everywhere. You know, trans yeah. people, we exist. Non-binary people, we exist. People who are gender non-conforming and gender diverse, they also exist, and we've always existed. And we've always existed in pretty much every organisation, whether that's overt and open, and or whether that's somebody just hiding themselves away. You know, and we have and we are coming a long way further forward at this moment in time. You know, for example, I, I'm very much aware that the the armed forces, the military uh, and all, all, all of the, the, the three um, strands of the, the British military are are actually really quite forward thinking when it comes to um, supporting trans, non-binary and gender diverse staff and personnel. And, and, and that's just something that really took me by surprise and, and is something that actually drove me to really want to try to reach out and start looking at finding out what these good practices
0: are yeah you know working in kind of related areas myself you know in my in my company um you know it's 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 not like working in the military obviously you know there's there's a corporate organization and sometimes it's really difficult to get like the ERG or the organization within the company that deals with i don't know LGBT issues it's sometimes it's hard to get them you know to do things that you know to make change that you can see as a trans person needs to be done, you know, so um, I think in like the police, you know, you don't you probably don't have as much of that kind of corporate layers. It's kind of like if the boss says this needs doing, it gets done,
1: yes, um, very much so. Certainly, even more so when you look at the military, you know, when you get the head of the armed force, forces, you know, whether it's the British Army, the Royal Navy, the Royal Air Force. When you get somebody of a significant rank saying, "I want this done, and I want this done, and I'll give you a month to do it, and you'll have it done by a month Tuesday, and I want it on my desk by four PM," <laughs> there's no me. There's, th- then it will be done. There's, there's no, no
0: choice. No,
1: <laughs> there's no choice. Um, you know, you, you would, uh, uh, you you would not want to go in front of your commanding officer and say, "Sorry, Gaffer. Sorry, sir. <laughs> sorry, ma'am. Um, we haven't done it." So um, you know, these things get done. So certainly the military you know it was a very dark place for people who were different you know if you were gay you were bi you know if people were um trans you know for quite a while it was illegal to serve in the armed forces Mm -hmm. and the british army and the arm the rest of the, the the services seem to have gone you know what this is absolutely wrong and once that Stopped and once that kind of those policies and and that illegal to be you was stopped in the early 2000s, actually they've come on so far that it's it's really really kind of quite an amazing sort of transformation really to see where just in the past twenty years where they've gone for for allowing people and realizing the benefit of just allowing people to be themselves. And actually, helping them give bring much more back to their organisation.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gives you that diversity of thought, that diversity of you know different individuals all being allowed to be themselves. I mean, it's I think that's really important in any
1: organisation, really. Yeah, absolutely, hugely so. And and you know that, like, I, like you said, um, that just you being you, it allows you to fly. It allows you to yeah. just drive the real you forward without having to hide yourself away and. and you, you as a human being, are so much more capable. I mean, did you find you did you through. find
0: that yourself when you transitioned that, you know, there was a kind of like a a euphoria that you went through, and you suddenly became you became more productive or your or your, you know, your confidence grew, you know,
1: after transition. Very much so. Yes, very much so. You know, I've I've heard it kind of I heard this beautiful phrase the other week, and I've never heard it before, um, where trans joy, trans joy, yeah. and. Having that joy of just simple acceptance of you being you, I'm absolutely flying, you know I'm doing so well at work, I'm doing so well with the trans in the city I believe you know i'm I, I don't seem to stop, and I've got this passion and this drive inside me that's been lit because I no longer have to hide yeah i mean I no i've been i've to-
0: been you know I've been through a very similar kind of Process, you know, pre-transition, I was really, I was really shy. I couldn't do public speaking. I couldn't do anything, you know, like that. I, I've, I've, I was really kind of uptight about doing that kind of stuff. Once I'd gone through transition, I suddenly, you know, all that kind of dropped away, and I can, you know, now it's it's easy for me. I don't know, don't know how that works, but it's as though, you know, there's a big kind of pressure taken off you, and you know, you you just kind of blossom. I mean, I've I've experienced that
1: yeah very much so and and that's certainly the case with me very much
0: so i mean that you know that just kind of reinforces what we we're just saying about you know being yourself living your own you know living as you, as yourself being yourself at, in your in your job i think it's you know very much so if you're pretending to be something that you're not i mean you're not going
1: to be focused on your work are you no not at all and, and i certainly know that that's in, you know that's that's had a a bearing on, on, on you know me and my life over the years yeah, and now that i'm my authentic self that you know what's in here is starting to match sorry you know what's here is starting to match what's in here that actually you know what it's brilliant you know that authenticity brings that passion and that drive yeah, it's brilliant absolutely
0: so l- let's talk about the upcoming um transit city event in november
1: excellent so trans awareness week trans awareness year. week yeah um trans awareness week so, um, as as you know, Vicky, but as as some of as some of the, the listeners might know, um, every year Trans in the City has a gala event, and last year um, we had probably oh, I say probably I think it was without doubt the biggest gathering. It was huge. Of trans it? non-binary, trans. It was incredible. The biggest gathering of trans non-binary and gender diverse people in a single space that wasn't a pride, and. Hmm. We brought together 600 amazing role models 600 incredible people just to come and support and celebrate trans non-binary and gender diverse people it was incredible so
0: this was in the we, winter garden wasn't it um yeah i'm not sure what you call that place is it is it a function
1: so it's the biggest event venue in canary wharf
0: yeah um right. so the massive, East winter big, garden, massive
1: big room winter gardens Big building. Um really beautiful designed architecture right slap by in the center of canary Wharf, and it's got space for six hundred people and we filled that place and we could have filled it twice over and it was just incredible yeah um, it was such an amazing celebration
0: and you did a you you did a a video presentation didn't you there was a there was a film about you and your kind of work in the
1: police during the event, Yeah, so I'm very visible within the policing organization, I think within my area, within my region, but also um, but also I think nationally now, and um, I was approached by the Home office last year uh, and they said, Sky, we are looking to uplift um, the police for, for, for quite a significant number of officers because we haven't recruited really across the country for, for many, many years." Um, and we're realising that we need to engage with our communities and we need to engage with our communities better. And we want to reach out to all of our communities across the UK to show that actually we want you to feel comfortable within us, our organisation. We want you to at least consider us. So they said, Sky, we want to do a film, and this was the home office. And I went, okay, um, yeah, let's do it. So we made a film, uh well, they made a film, and it was about me, about being trans within the police and my experiences. And it's I think it's an incredible piece of work. Yeah. Um it it's an incredible, it's a powerful moving piece. And I got permission um from the home office. Uh, to have that video uh, and have that film presented at the Trans in the City Gala, um, as it as we was as I was presenting it, it was being released to the media, and boy, did it get released to the media! Um, so it was an amazing piece of work. So I um, we showed the film. It's a five minute film about me um, and and about being trans uh, in the police and and my journey within the organisation, good and bad. Um, yeah. And then I talked about it afterwards, and I had a a, a short talk and a presentation about kind of my journey. Yeah, how I ended up on the stage at Canary Wharf. It was really good. It was incredible. It was
0: brilliant. It was. It was one of the highlights of the of the evening. That. Um, So, so this year's event is going to be is November thirteenth to seventeenth. That's going to be yeah. That's Canary Wharf again. Um, All the information is on the Transit City our website website yeah i think we're allowed to talk about some of the events but not all the secrets no no surprises. no not at all. so some of it will
1: be embargoed at this moment in time <laughs> but, um, so rather than having one big gala event one kind of big spectacular day i think the idea was that we look to have a whole week's worth of events, mm-hmm. a whole week of celebrating a whole week yeah. of demonstrating and a whole week of of showing um business and business allies in the corporate world and the public and private sector and the third sector that you know trans people we're just incredible, and when we're allowed to be us, we're allowed to be ourselves, without hate and without fear, without anger and violence, that actually we are so so amazing and that we are such authentic people to have and bring such good work diversity along with us. Yeah. yeah, uh, you know, To celebrate us. So we're having a week's worth of events and the can It's going to be brilliant.
0: So the gala and awards is going to be on the on the Monday. I think yes. there's going so, to be, I'm not sure which day it is, but one, one of the days is going to be a closing of the stock exchange. And Bobbie had done this in a previous year. She was the first um, trans woman to close the, Stock Exchange Market. That was a couple yeah, of years absolutely. ago. Absolutely, that it's was amazing. a really funny event. I'm not sure. Were you there for that one? That was. I was. Yeah, yes. that was two years ago, wasn't it? That was really good. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be an, another celebration evening. I'm not sure all the details yet, but that, I think that's on the Tuesday. And then there's this yeah. student ambassadors conference, which is a new thing. Transit City is getting involved with now. You know, we're bringing in, you know, student-aged people to kind of you know bring them through into their careers you know uh, as allies um trans individuals themselves non-binary people you know i think it's just to give them some kind of support so that you know that they are they will be the future you know people like us i guess when they've when they've you know progressed in their careers
1: yeah absolutely you know young people I was going to say something really stupid. I was going to say young people of the future. Well, clearly they are. Um, They are
0: the young Peter of the future. (laughs) Yes, yes,
1: (laughs) Um, Basically, but young people, they're incredible. And, you know, young people are so much more open. And, you know, having uh, an organisation like Trans in the City support um, young people through their start of their journey, um, you know, because as you know, being trans, being non-binary is, is a difficult journey and it's not an easy journey. And actually, starting into a employed working environment as a trans person can be terrifying, as I full well know, as I think as everyone knows. Yeah. And actually having support and having an organisation like Trans in the City to support these wonderful student ambassadors to actually start their careers I think is such a wonderful thing to be I mean, able to I mean can you imagine in.
0: can you imagine at that age had you had that kind of support you know when you were just starting out in the police I mean can you imagine if you've had that how how much easier it would have made things for you
1: yeah life would have been so much easier and so much um, or maybe not a bit easier but I mean, just I just knowing that you've it. got that
0: support yeah. in the background, and yeah. somebody can go and talk to you about it, and they can, yeah. you know, give you assistance, if you, you know, in in your, in your career. I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea.
1: Yeah, very much so. So it's wonderful, and I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's I think that's going to be the highlight this time round, because it's a new thing, yeah. and it's so kind of important. I think to, you know, get the students involved with a conference like that. Really good.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: And then earlier in the year, we bumped into each other down in Chippenham at Chippenham Pride, where Transit City was doing a speaker's stage event. Now, this was this was something that really caught my eye because normally I don't think I would go to something, you know, like a small pride that's quite a long way from where I live. Um, but because it had this um stage, I thought, well, this is really interesting because there were some really, you know, big names being invited to come along to the speaker stage, and this was Chippenham's, I think it was Chippenham's first Pride. I mean, it's not a very big place, but, you know, first Pride, and they had transit City there doing the speaker stage in a, in a separate kind of hotel um, facility at the start of the, the march. So I think, it, I think it was really good because, you know, we had Lisa Power, Lord Michael Catchman, Peter Tatchell, Linda Riley, Ian H. Watkins, teaching everybody how to sing and dance um emily hamilton yourself Eve echo Leng montgomery you know to name just a few and you know the, the the talks and the the way the whole thing was done i thought it was, it was really it was really great i mean i know you were involved with doing one of the talks so how how did you find that i, I thought it was i mean as i wasn't
1: in it i was just watching it but it was i thought it was brilliant the day was a blur. I have to say, the day was an <laughs> absolute blur, and I am I, trying to re- think about it and trying to remember it now. It's 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 just fleeting flashes of memory. Yeah. But what a day! What an absolute day! So, um, Chippenham, a small, beautiful little market town in Wiltshire, yeah, really. um, was looking at starting their first Pride event, and the wonderful Bobby Pickard, um started to do some work with them and, and um after moving into the area and, and said, you know what? Let's help out as friends in the city. You know, let's make this Chippenham Pride, let's put it on the map. And boy did she put it oh, on the God. map. Really? Boy did she put it I on mean, the map. I mean I you did
0: know? speak to Bobby about this in a in a previous podcast. I did with that. And you know, just just the thought of being able to go to a small pride and there's going to be a speaker stage there with, you know, that list of names. I mean, it's it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't get that at a big pride. You wouldn't get those people yeah. doing that at say like Manchester Pride because it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So it's really yeah, it's really sure. a unique thing that you can have. And Transit City will bring this to your local pride event. I mean, that's that's quite. Annoying. It's
1: just it was just fabulous you know we we had um you know uh, lord Michael Cashman and Lisa power talking about um setting up stone walls yeah. um in order to challenge section twenty eight mm-hmm. and what a wonderful powerful set of speakers that you know that that were right from the outset of 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 kind of the um british sort of l g b t um yeah. rights, civil rights movement and, and trying to kind of make a difference um f- f- for people like us. It was now. like a, it was like a history uh, lesson incredible. sitting there watching it, you know.
0: Going Massive all the way extent, back to I, how they started, you know, and the stonewall involvement and all really interesting.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely you know you've got um you've got Linda Riley who um is just such a fabulous person, such an incredible ally, um, you know, um who is the head the 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 the, the just the wonderful head of Diva magazine. And yeah, she's, that, a, she's the I publisher, think, isn't she? Of Diva magazine, yeah. The publisher yeah. of Diva magazine, you know, the biggest lesbian magazine mm-hmm. in the world. And here's Linda Riley talking about her personal experiences, yeah. literally sitting six foot in front yeah. of me within touching her. distance, yeah, absolutely yeah. within touching distance. It was just brilliant. Uh, and then of course, we had Ian H. Watkinson. Oh. I'll tell he, you what, he, that
0: was that was an amazing, uh interview wasn't it bobby was ian and then halfway through we put some of ian's steps music on and he starts teaching the moves to the to the audience it
1: was it was, it, it was just fabulous and it, it was. was like where, where, where do you have these kind of these experiences you know it's it's just it, it was magical um it you was, know yeah. i spent the day making sure that or helping um helping the wonderful Nikki. um our business manager for Trans in the City, just making sure that the day, you know, I mean, the whole thing went around. really smoothly, and it was. It was brilliant. Um, I, I, I was, I was, I was exhausted by the end of it, but what that, a day! And yeah. The Trans in the City speaker stage, you know, it's not the end of it. You know, that's not the end of it. You know, well, we, I think, we will certainly look to, and there certainly will be attempts, plans to try to bring that, bring that back, and take okay. that out to smaller grassroots prize events because. What an amazing stage, and what a thing it brought to Chippenham.
0: I mean, it's such a kind of like simple thing, isn't it? It's like it's just all you need is a stage, an amazing guest list, and you just have these little chats. I mean, it's 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 the perfect thing you can
1: take it anywhere. It was it was brilliant. So yes, let's have more of that. Let's have more of those. Absolutely. So let's
0: let's talk about your, you know, you, you mentioned we've we've spoken about it briefly. Your career in the police your day job, the thing you do. Um, you know, to earn the earn your daily crust. So how did you let's start, let's go way back. How did you how did you become a police officer? Why did you you know
1: why did you want to go into the police? I've always wanted to help people and I've always wanted to do my part um in order to kind of do what I felt was morally right. You know, I wanted to give something to society and i know that i'm trans i've always known that i'm trans ever since i can remember and i hid myself away i hid myself away i i pretended i wasn't i tried to hide it but i always knew part of me i always knew that i was trans and i always knew that actually i want to try to make a difference and that's not just making a difference to the communities that, that the police serve actually that's making a difference to the organization and trying to bring about a cultural change where actually it's okay to be yourself and i didn't know how i was going to do it and i could tell you 23 years ago when i joined the police i had no idea how i was going to go about it if i could go about it but you know what i wanted to do something and i wanted to do something different and i wanted to make a change somewhere so how
0: long were you in the police before you, you know, got to that point where you, you needed to transition? And how how did you kind of how did you get to that, you know, point where you felt comfortable enough to, you know, start that process?
1: So when I joined the police in the early two thousands two thousand one, it was a very, very different organization to how it is now. And I wasn't really able to accept myself in my own head, let alone the organization except me I think there were trans people there were trans officers in the police but they were generally um that they were certainly made fun of within the like, within the press um you know look at this trans cop you know yeah. um used to be used to be dave now is what have you uh, and, and it was just the same sort of story that we kind of see now and I hid myself away I did
0: there so was there a lot of bullying in the police around these kind of issues.
1: No, not really. There wasn't that much bullying. There just was, wasn't even talked about. I don't think you know. So we it's had kind of a gay of thing. Yeah, I think so. We had a gay officer on shift, uh, openly gay. They they just gone through a civil partnership, and they were they joined with me, and they were terrified about coming out. And they mm. went, you know what? I've just got to tell them. I've got to be open because I'm you know I'm, How yeah. do I go to a police event with my partner who's yeah. who's all in all words state of state of things technically legally sort of my partner, my husband, um, how do I go about that? And actually, the police really surprised them. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. And everyone went, "Yeah, OK, it's fine. And, and that gave me a bit of hope. But I still actually wasn't able to accept me myself, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. I wasn't. I didn't want to. I knew it was there. I didn't want it to be accepted because I knew, though the hate and the pain that I was going through I didn't have the courage, really, in my own head for me to be me. Yeah. Um, and I I've done, I think I did 14 years of frontline response policing. policing. Um, I because I was really struggling, and internally everyone said, oh, Maud's fine, Maud's ace, Maud's really funny, you know one of the stand-up people, one of the stand-up the sort of people on shift. What people don't get now or what they they just went no really when actually i was really struggling with my mental health because i was really struggling with hiding the real me you know that every time you walk past the shop front every time you pass walk a window walk past a window and there are and you see not you in your face every time you get out of bed and you're wearing the wrong skin and you're wearing the wrong suit it just it just breaks you over time And so I'd kind of hide a hidden way, hiding my mental health problems and my struggle. And I became part of a mental health project within the police, um, part of what's called street triage, where um, the police would be working with ambulance service and mental health professionals. And the whole idea was that we would try to if an ambulance crew, a paramedic crew or a police response crew went to a person in crisis, actually they've now got a reason, they've now got a service that is a 24-hour blue light service that can come and take over and actually give that person an appropriate outcome when it comes to mental health care. Um, You know, ambulance service, all they could do is take somebody to A&E. Well, that's not always appropriate. The police have got no powers in an address apart from to call for a mental health assessment, yeah. but if somebody's in public, mm-hmm. all they can do is take them to a place of safety and that's also not appropriate all the time so i I helped set up this project, and it was really, really good and I was really um enjoying it. The team was brilliant. we were making a huge amount of difference, but inside I was just being eaten away, and it was getting worse and worse and worse and it was around this time where I'd split up with a partner, and I, because I historically, in 2008, was one of the first non-firearms cops to be trained in the use of the taser conducted energy device. And when I joined the street triage project, we were asked by our superintendent to do projects. Can we do a project? And uh, at that point, there was a whole media um and the whole media kind of uproar about police and our use of taser and they were talking about uh, people being tasered and actually when the media talk about somebody being tasered actually there's a whole kind of different things that that technically means because it's a recordable use of taser if i simply walk up into a room someone's got a knife i get the taser out of the holster and i go look you need to put the knife down this is a taser yeah they put the knife down But because I've drawn it, doesn't mean you've used the taser. It's just, yeah. No, it's so the the statistics that were there then in two thousand and eight when I trained uh, are still exactly the same now in two thousand and twenty three. That actually we only shoot somebody, pull the trigger with taser once every ten uses. So ninety percent of all taser use is just communication, and actually that's good in my view because actually we're not using any actual force itself. So it's safer for people. It's safer for communities. It's safer for the officer when dealing with conflict. I mean, just, just so, the
0: thought of being tasered is probably enough to
1: make someone comply comply with what they need to do. Potentially, and it can only be used when there's violence and threats of violence. Yeah, okay, that's when it's when it should only be used. Yeah. Taser um, so itself is only two AA batteries. It's only a low level, tiny, 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 0.013 not of an amp. It's just a very well designed pursuit sheen, If that makes sense, you know, something that you strap on if you're going to lose a bit of weight, and it <laughs> makes your muscles twitch. And that's all it does. It makes the muscles twitch. Um, yeah. probably quite painfully, or <laughs> well, very painfully, because I know it, what I know it does. Um, but you know, it just makes the muscles twitch. But it's it's quite a low level use of force. But um, uh, I decided in 2013 that I wanted to address some of this media stuff because it was painting the police more badly than actually the reality was because you know people have been tasered well actually out of of nine of nine out of every ten of those people actually have only had somebody go you need to calm down my friend Mm -hmm. so I thought I'll make a film and because I'm me and I've got a big mouth um I got permission for the police to make a film and I wrote it and then they went oh this is too big this is too huge we can't do this You've only got funding for like two hours of filming. We just want you to knock up this quick. This is a taser. And I went, Well, no, that's not what the community needs. Communities need to see what actually taser is. So I shanghaied my mate, who said, Who we basically messed around and played, um, made crap, fake JVC kind of films on in our spare time um, and, and silly films um, together. Said, so Look, I want to do this. Um, and he went okay and he understands what I do for a living and he said but ultimately it's got to be completely independent it's got to be completely unbiased and I went that's perfectly fine that's exactly what I want I want this to be open to scrutiny to the public Mm -hmm. so I made this film Taser Taser with my friend Simon we watched lots of videos uh, about how to make documentaries and how to make a film and we just got really cheeky we went off and all of a sudden we've made it um, and we made a national product that's now gone international. Taser Taser. Uh, it's on um, YouTube. I think we're just about to hit thirty thousand views on it. Which is so it's on YouTube
0: still. We can go and watch that if you yeah, want.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Taser Taser. Taser and Taser. And then I was Taser Taser. And then I was able to facilitate a, a sequel, a second film, um, to help a, a, a young um, filmmaker with his final year project at university and to do kind of a sequel so that's about people's perceptions of taser to engage with amnesty international to engage with um you know community groups about their thoughts about what taser were was and and, and us yeah. so i've made this 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 taser sort of film project and i was really struggling and once those films went out and i'd split it with my partner i wasn't in a good place and you know i was Contemplating ending everything. And I got to the point where I thought, I I, I need to be me. My then superintendent said, right, why don't you apply for this job as a trainer? Because it's something different. It's away from the the stress of of having to deal with um, uh, cardiac arrests, people self-harming quite badly pretty much every day. 'Cause that's what actually they thought I was having a problem with, you know, that I was stressing about work. And I wasn't, I was actually stressing about the everything that was going on in here. Yeah, your and identity. Yeah. Area and my yeah. identity. Yeah. So I thought that I do need a change because it was getting stressful, um, having to deal with um the lack of services and the lack of uh, mm-hmm. ability. I mean mental health services are incredible, but they don't have the funding that they need to be able to give people support that actually we should they should be able to be given. Yeah. So every exercise, every day was a job, was an exercise in critical logical thinking, trying to navigate your way around what you knew was going to be. We can't help you. So I thought I'm gonna apply for this role. Now, practical training where I've gone for is a kind of a bastion really of definite white male heteronormativity. Oh, I can imagine. Histo- historically bald white men with big muscles and, and <laughs> who have been ex military, uh, ex riot cops. And so there's this kind of, sort of, you know, public order training. You know, it's 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 the last bastion of of, of white males. And I, I always I always think like,
0: of like the tactical aid group within police forces. That that's the that's the vision I get when when you talk about tasers. Yeah,
1: very much so. Um, and I got there, and actually, everyone was simply lovely. And. I was with a new partner by then, and she was just incredible for me. So she was um, learning to be a counsellor. She was doing a master's in counselling and psychotherapy, uh, in person-centred therapy. And wasn't counselling me, but she went, you're trans. And I went, but, uh, and I wanted, "But inside, I wanted to scream, yes, I am. But I didn't have the courage to do so. She went, just you are trans. Just be you. Anyway. She pushed me and pushed me, and I came out to my friends and my family. And it was really, really good because they were really, really positive in the main. My dad less so, but my mum very positive. In fact, my mum just went, yeah, I know. First words out of her mouth. I know. I knew. Um, And anyway, so I went to Bicon. I went to um, the annual uh, bisexual uh, conference up at lancaster university uh some years ago i went to bicon and it was the first time i had gone as me my partner she just pat me off in as me literally shaking like a leaf out the door off i went to bicon and i didn't die i was me for the first time in my life and you know what that's like i do and, indeed yes you know, feeling of joy was incredible and I came home after the three days, and, and it was just astonishing. And I was buzzing, and I just went and told all of my friends, all of my other, you know, of friends group. Mm-hmm. My friend who lived around the corner just went, "That's brilliant! You've just gone from marathon to Snickers. <laughs> You've just changed your wrapper." And I thought, "That's brilliant. <laughs> it's a good way of putting anyway, it." Yeah. It is. And then so they went. So 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 he went. Right, we're going on the we're going on the drink. We're going on the pee. I was like, okay. So <laughs> we went and we went on a drink round town and we even ended up in places like Flipping Weatherspoons. and I didn't die. I didn't have my head kicked in. It was a wonderful validating day. And I'd come home full of gin and I took a picture of myself. And it's the first time I'd seen a picture where oh, it was me. It was me looking back. And that was incredible. So I got my phone and I'm a part of a trans non-binary gender diverse police um, support network. Yeah. And I went, send them that picture. (laughs) Brilliant. And then I looked and I sent it to the tactical trainers at work. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) And I sat there and I just thought. And through my gin befuddled head, I sat there and I went. Delete for everyone. But I deleted for me. <laughs> and it was too late. Too late. The big fat ginger kitten was dead. The cat is out of the bag. Um, and the phone just blew up. And they all just went, this is brilliant. And I sat there afterwards and went, WTF just happened. What just happened? Because these are the last group of people that I really would have ever have expected. To go, this is glass. You be you, but this is brilliant. You get any support you want, and if anyone gives you grief, you've got a big, neaty, hairy fist to protect you. And I just thought, wow, that was not expected, not expected at all. So I that's
0: came quite, out. That's quite the story. Quite the story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I came out, and yes.
0: So and then you be, then you kind of you took on this role as you know tactical training lead for i guess is it just taser that you teach or you teach other things
1: so i'm now um i've been in been in that post now for five years um coming up to six years and um i'm now one of the few taser lead instructors for my regional area so mm-hmm. i will train thousands of cops uh, in taser and i also uh, i'm also able and licensed to and qualified to actually train other cops to become taser instructors so that's kind oh, of this where, could be from other I'm
0: forces at. they can come to your training facility yeah. training so we,
1: we we teach four forces in our area hmm. uh we we get about eight thousand cops in our region coming through us every year oh. um i also teach public order so uh the police's response to events where there are people where there are groups of people so that could be a community event that could be um a, a day at the races where they think there might be a large group of people that need to be managed to get them in um so how do we as police deal with public order public safety you know dealing with groups of people from football you know from how do we deal get forty thousand people into a ground from opposing sides or opposing teams and then back out again onto the appropriate rail networks and rail links and road links how do we get them out so i also teach that um which goes from small community events um all the way up to large-scale disorder that for example that we saw in 2011. yeah yeah so that's what i teach um and i'm now learning uh another uh another um subject so i'm now starting to dip my foot into uh, a subject a world what's called DVI so disaster victim identification recovery so police in a large mass mass casualty incident have are the primary service that has to go out and recover the um, casualties Mm -hmm. uh, and the fragments of casualties so if there's a massive car crash uh, uh, motorway crash plane crash so the police are the lead organization to do that so how do we go and repatriate identify the people the casualties and repatriate them back to their families once the investigation and the um evidence and the identification taken taken place so it's quite a large in-depth topic as you can imagine so yeah, I'm just so,
0: so you're not really in the front line police anymore it's all to do with this kind of tactical training and the, these other training things yeah. that you you've kind of got into
1: yes very much so um i have until recently um been operationally competent. So I always go out. So football is my bag. Football is something I've always enjoyed policing. Um, so I have always gone out and started and, and police football until recently because of the absolute, absolute avalanche of abuse that I get now. So and that started to affect me quite mentally and physically. So um, now I mainly uh, will, and I still, you know, I'm still deployable um, and I will go out uh, every so often but i will pick yeah. and choose where i go uh rather than just stick my hand up and go to whatever
0: but you know you mentioned you, you have eight thousand officers coming through this training each year so i mean that in itself gives i mean it's a huge opportunity to kind of educate those individuals not only in what they're doing what the reason they're there but you know they're seeing you as a trans person they may never have come across a trans person before no. so i mean um, the representation um, that you're providing there is really I mean, there's a huge opportunity there, isn't there to influence you know those people coming absolutely
1: through. i'm I'm really loud and I'm really um doing my best to bring about a cultural change like now, like i like I said that this is actually what I'd love to have done when I first joined the organization and the simple fact that we get eight thousand cops, yeah, a year coming, and if they want to be trained in taser or public order. They have to meet me and they have to deal with me. And they will see that actually trans people, we are just them. We are part of the world. We are. We exist. And we Look at nothing us. We're here right now. Do. We're existing. We're here. And, and it's really important for me to be visible within the organization to bring about that cultural change. You know that, And I don't mean what I'm going to say next in a really egotistical way because it's, i think I'm, I'm i don't want it to come across like this but i know that within my area i know that i am changing the world in a way because the amount of people that come through that see me and you see them at first they're like you can see that their eyebrows are raising like you know what is this in front of yeah, you you can see
0: the cogs going and then, and... Right. the
1: cogs going and then by the end of the course <laughs> by the end of however long that they've been with me and some people you know sometimes they're with me for quite a long period of time mm-hmm. but for you know for longer courses that actually they're like wow yeah. you've really opened my eyes you've really opened my mind sky and i know this because i get regular emails now from cops going i hope you don't mind me saying you this but You've really allowed me to be me. Well, that's cool. That's amazing. We've had we've had cops saying um, we've had cops saying that um, I've gone to a job and it was somebody who's been bullied or assaulted uh, assaulted because they were trans non-binary, and they were terrified about dealing with the cops. We get it. We're terrified about dealing with the cops, but I told them about you, Sky, and I hope you don't mind. I told them about you. And they told me and they opened up. And you know what? I think that's a really important thing. That actually just for a small little part, I know that I am hope opening cops' eyes. Yeah, well it's breaking world, down it's breaking
0: down those barriers, isn't and,
1: it? Yeah,
0: yeah, very much so. So you know, you're you're so. you're there as a trans woman doing this training. I mean these these police officers probably young and old are coming through, I'm sure the younger ones are a lot easier the older ones, but you know, they're all coming through doing the course and then, you know, they're going to, you know, back to their normal jobs. And they're, you know, they're going to remember the fact that they've met a trans person and they probably have a much better understanding of, you know, what it's all about and how it, you know, in their day to day job, how it's supposed to be yeah. you know,
1: dealt with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really important that, that I am visible. And and you know, I, I know last year that I really was making this difference. Because I went to a football, uh, uh, an outer, uh, one, of the, one of our regional partners football matches um, uh, as mutual aid. And as I was going to the football briefing, all of these grumpy, grizzled, haggard cops who have had basically life and joy beaten out of them, they all came up to me and they gave me a hug or a high five or a fist bump. And I, I was literally swamped by cops, just, you know, how are you getting on, Sky? How are you doing? And you know That's what good. I thought? This is amazing. Making a change. Absolutely, uh, and and that the, just the simple fact that I'm visible, and that I'm, they're seeing the abuse that I get, yeah. and they're seeing and they're standing with me. That actually they're now realizing what it's like to be truly trans. What's it like to be non-binary? Yeah. Yeah. What it's yeah. like to be just different within within this within 2023.
0: And hopefully, it's helping them in their jobs. I mean, that's the that's the important thing to to get it right. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, the police do so. come under a lot of, um, you know, negative negativity, you know, when it comes to police searches and, you know, attending Pride events, there is a lot of negativity around some of those issues. Yeah,
1: very much so. I mean, very let's very just talk so, about um, the
0: police search topic. Um, you know, I know the police, especially trans police, you know, have come under a lot of criticism in the press around, you know, should trans women be doing this, et cetera, that kind of nonsense. So how, I mean... Can you just explain what what are the different levels of police searching? Um, You know, some of the kind of...
1: The whole kind of world uh, they're spoken about. The whole thing that's been in the press over the past year about police searching, as always, is blown and pushed out of proportion. Yeah. It always is, because trans people are involved and they've got to demonise us. People have got to demonise us. And, for example, a police officer... A male can search a female. We always have been, they have always been able to do so. But when it comes to that search, it's always going to be something out of clothing. So jacket, outer coat, outer clothing, gloves. It's not going to be a touching intimate search. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so any kind of touch that will be, you know, kind of a physical touch will never be any intimate areas and will generally just be a light pat down. And the policy that's been signed off and we're hoping to be pushed through that all the chiefs agreed to last year, which is what drew all the attention from the yeah. press. Will be that actually, when somebody is living and presenting full t- full time as their authentic self, they can search in as that gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody says, "I'm not being searched by you," well, that always happens. You for might whatever, have a for whatever reason. For whatever reason, you might have had a fight with somebody. You might have tried to lock them up and had a, you know, try to put cuffs on them and they might have resisted and you might have tried yeah. to, you know, you've had an issue. They may not like you. And then it comes to that search. They're like, don't you search me, mate. That happens all the time. Yeah, right. You'd be like, okay.
0: So you, they, there another officer comes, comes in and does that. It. It.
1: Yeah. 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 And it's exactly the same as, am I going to be searched by an officer who's Indian or Sikh or black? People will say, I'm not being searched by that person. Well, we're not going to have generally most of the time we're not going to end up having it you're not going to get into a conflict over that issue. you're just going to over that yeah. it just, and it's exactly the same with can searching that actually yeah. if somebody says i'm not being searched by you all right fair enough that's fine you're not going to be searched by me yeah simple as that and when it comes to intimate searches people say like you know we're going to be doing intimate searches and in- cavity searches it never exists it doesn't exist police have never done an intimate search
0: so anything like that would have search. to be
1: done by a medical
0: professional in a medical setting.
1: If at all, and, it, and it generally needs. it won't be. It won't even be done in a, you know, yeah. the only o- agreed procedure would be by a medical professional, but actually it wouldn't happen. It would never happen. You know, if somebody thinks they've swallowed it or they've stuffed something somewhere, well, actually they'll just wait a period of time for them to go to, get to, the, to, go to the toilet. Yeah, so, I mean, is. there's no
0: issue, really. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, what you just explained. You know, it's just, it's just so. been blown up in by our, you know, the usual... British media, the
1: right-wing media,
0: um, into something that it shouldn't be. You know, it's just it's just nonsense. Yeah,
1: it is nonsense. And, and, and that is the issue. You know, it's... Being trans in 2023, everything is blown out of proportion, but then that's because there's a lot of very powerful people, a lot of people with a lot of money, who are at the moment targeting us hugely.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see the same kind of criticism for trans people who work in the ambulance service. You know, why is this trans person you know treating this person in a, in a, you know in an emergency medical setting well you yeah, know I mean, so. yeah i mean it's the same, it's the same thing you know it doesn't matter if the trans are there to help you you know it's
1: yeah exactly um you know so it's a very so it's a controversial topic but as like, like everything it's generally inflated yeah. above all else
0: Infl- yeah and then what about the you know the issue of online Abuse, you mentioned before that you, you know, you have suffered a lot of abuse. And I think you've also had, you know, counter-terrorism looking into some of the cases that, you know, involve yourself because of the, you know, yeah. the, the absolute, you know, the volume of hatred that you get. I mean, how do you deal with that?
1: I don't know. They must be That's horrendous. Answer. Um, I know at times I drink too much. To be brutally honest, I do at times. Um, sometimes I will just run and, run and run and run and run and run until I can't run anymore. Sometimes I'm really good with it. Um, sometimes the poor cat just gets sobbed into. Um, so when I came out, I wrote a piece. I think it would have been sort of around about 2019. Uh, for Trans Day of Visibility or Trans Awareness Week. And I wrote a piece for the police about, you know, my journey and how, you know, how f- supported I'd felt by my colleagues, certainly in a historically heteronormative alpha male kind of world. Um, and the job went, oh, this is really well written. This is lovely. Um, can we tweet it out? And I went, yeah, of course. Thinking what can go wrong. Um and I, I put out this this little piece and it was picked up by a local paper and it got quite a bit of positivity. And I was like, yeah, I like that. It's all right. It's good. And the next day, our corporate communications team was approached by a um, global news media organization. And they said, we'd like to see more about Sky. We'd like to know more about her. We'd like to do a piece. This is what we've done. And it was always, like I said before, it's, you know, here's Dave. Dave's now Samantha. Here's, mm. you know, here's Jeffrey. Jeffrey's now yeah. Francis. You know, it's just this, just always the same kind of stuff. Yeah. I went, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'll give you a story, but I tell you what, we will write it with you, i.e., we will guide the story that where it goes. Yeah. And yeah. we want to write a positive piece about being trans in the police. Mm-hmm. So we did and somebody came around and a photographer a day after and took some pictures and i um being very naive was with with some of these pictures and basically it went out and i was teaching public order that day and my then partner rings me up the person who pushed me and she rings me up and she goes sky There's reporters at the house. There's reporters in the street trying to track you down. Wow. I get a phone call from my other neighbor, who happens to be um, for a different policing organization, rings me up and says, there's people in the street trying to track you down. They're being a bit cagey with ID. Oh, by the way, your truck driver neighbor is chasing them down the road now. And I'm like, oh, well, what's going on? All right at this moment in time. I'm causing a cross border incident. Um, right. Okay. So I rang up, I put a log on and said, look, you know, somebody needs to go to my home address. There's people pretending, 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 ah, maybe uh, reporters at my house. Um, me, me neighbors chasing (laughs) them down the street. You (laughs) might want to act on it quickly. Yeah. An incident (laughs) happening. (laughs) Before before this escalates. Managed to corral the neighbor to to get him back. Um, and I got a letter there's a letter through the door saying you know this is this is somebody from from um this this news organization we want to speak to you on behalf of the Daily Mail on behalf of this. We want to speak to you, and I'm like, well, that's not the way to go about it. If you want to go about it, you speak to my corporate cons this you know we those agree things that if yeah, the press yeah. want to speak to police over anyway it was I've was terrified as you can imagine,
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: I've terrified, and within those few short hours. That story had been picked up. You know, look at Sky, the the, the taser cop, the trans taser cop. It was picked up by every single tabloid and every single broadsheet in the UK. Every single one of them pushed this story out. They tried to twist my words. They tried to make me a figure of fun. Uh, Yeah, a figure of fun. But it had been written quite well. So it was mostly a positive piece. And it went out. And it was just across the whole of the UK. Then it went across Europe. Then it went across the Far Eastern Asia, and all the while it was generating these comments, and I was just the world's most evil person, if you read them. You know, I'm a paedophile, I'm a fetishist, I'm a rapist, I'm a murderer, I'm a danger to women. This stuff just kept going and going and going and going. Within a few short hours, there was 256,000 comments about me that was recorded by the police, 256,000 comments just within a few short hours. Within 48 hours, there was 17,000 posts about me by the far right on close far-right forums and, and far-right open forums. Mm-hmm. 17,000 conversations about the, the, the trans taser public ordered cop. And it was just crackers. And it hasn't stopped since then. It hasn't stopped, but it's really important for me because we've got a long way to go in the police. I'm not blind to that. We've got a long way to go. Yeah, loads of my colleagues are brilliant, but I'm sure some of those people will be in that room going, what, you know, what is this? Who is this? So I know that we've got a way to go. I know we have. And sometimes goodness me, the police doesn't, as an organization, doesn't help itself. Sometimes you just think every single day, what are we doing? We need to be better. But it's important for me to be visible. And even though this visibility comes at a massive personal cost, that actually, as well as being visible and breaking down barriers within policing and showing them that trans people, we're just simply human, that we're just normal people. But I'm also important, it's really important for me to be visible to actually show that trans, non-binary, gender-diverse people, that actually they, that you, have a representation within the police, and actually that you have people that hear you, that understand what it's like to be you, and to understand what it's like to be trans, non-binary, gender-diverse in this world, this world of lies, of hate, of misinformation, of, of of just vile commentary. So it's really important for me to be visible. and. As it stands at this moment in time, I'm up to over 2 million hateful comment online aimed at me, just like me personally using my name. That's 2 million recordable comment aimed at me. And it's just vile. Yeah. You know, people, uh, people um, who have been involved historically in the TV I'm not going to say their names, but people who've been involved in the TV—I know exactly who sure you, so you know who I'm on about—photoshopped my face into some horrific images. Yeah, they're obsessed with me. They're obsessed. I seem to live in these people's heads, rent-free, and it's just bizarre. But it's important that I show trans, non-binary, and gender diverse people that actually that they have somebody that hears them, that is trying their best to bring about that organization of change within an organization that is like a monolith, that is like a pillar that is made of rock, that it's difficult for it to try to move forward. But you know what? It is. It's a different organisation to where it was when I joined 23 years ago. And it will be a different organisation to where we were now in 23 years' time. The Appealing principles are really important to me. And principle seven of appealing principles is really important because that's really what drives me to be visible so trans non-binary and gender diverse people that actually they have that representation within the job because Peelian principle number seven says that the police have to hold at all times the historic tradition that the police are the public and that the public are the police and that the police are the only members of the public who are paid full time to give attention to duties that are actually incumbent on all of us and that kind of means that it's really important for us to be part of the communities that we serve. And that includes trans, non-binary, gender diverse people, yeah. which is why I really, I drive and strive to actually be visible and open. Even if sometimes I don't know how I get close it. Sometimes but You, you know, your,
0: your visibility within the police, I mean, it's a real resource to other trans, non-binary people because, you know, if something happens to any of us, we know... That okay, Sky. Sky is a police officer. We can talk to you. You know, you can give us advice. You know, you're you're available yeah. as a resource to this whole community. You know, I, th- yeah, I think it's very, very important so. to have that representation in the police. I know it's not it's not perfect. I know that. You know, there's problems with you know police at pride. There's a lot of criticism about that. I mean, we'll talk about that issue in a minute. But I think it's I think it's really important that somebody like yourself being so visible, you know, and an example making change it's really important to you know to have you there
1: yeah i believe so and you know you've mentioned police at pride and that there are many who say we shouldn't be there and i hear that i mean a lot of people have bad experiences that's where it comes from yeah of course it does and you know when you look at the history of pride pride history Uh, probably historically comes from the stonewall inn and the stonewall riots this is a protest against the police (laughs) and i get that and i hear it but i do think that we need to be open in this country to dialogue and we need to be able to discuss things and talk to think talk things through because if we can't talk and you go, now, I'm not having cops at Pride, we're not speaking to you, which happens to me a lot. You know, I get abuse from trans non-binary people for being a cop, you know, ACAB, all coppers are bastards. You know, you're just one of them. But if we don't have a dialogue, if we don't open up and talk, things will never change.
0: Yeah, well, you're making change from the inside. I mean, that's really important.
1: Yeah, and that's also important for me to talk to my colleagues, but also, you know, to, to actually show people who have distrust in the police you know what? Talk to me and actually listen to my experiences. And also I'm not sitting there flaming waving a, a flag about from the police, going we're perfect, because I know we're not. I know that we have a long way to go. I've said that before, I'll say that again and I'll say yeah. it again, again. But we have a long way to go. But there are many, many, many cops within the organisation who are visible, who are striving to bring about cultural change in different ways, whether that's through, um, you know, their work with the Black and Asian Police Association, whether that's through the Sikh Police Association, whether it's through the LGBT networks, you know, showing that gay, bi, pan, asexual people, we are all valid. Something that's interesting that I found out recently is actually the police is probably the largest... um, employer or maybe looking to be one of the largest employers in the uk of persons with neuro who are neurodiverse and mainly that may actually be um undiagnosed but it's starting to be recognized that actually there are huge amounts of neurodiverse people within the organization and actually the more that we can get the police to realize that we celebrate difference we're all different those barriers will become broken down and that's the same with talking to our community and i know that walking at pride is difficult and i know that people don't want us there for me i want to be there because i want to protest i want to actually be the one to show that in in, the organization that i am here for a reason that actually i'm not here to say that the police are great i'm here to show trans non-binary gender diverse people that they have that representation within the police and actually we are here and that those those of those of you who are you are also us and we don't have it easy but you know what we are doing our best to bring about a change
0: and you are making change I mean it's obvious that you are making change I mean that's that you should don't forget that you know you are there you are supported you know mm. I think it's really important yeah more more power to your other yeah I, I think it's so. really important Thank you. so let's talk about you know we've we, we I think we've touched on a little bit collaboration you know there's a lot there's a lot of um kind of schisms and division amongst the community on various things, and I always like to talk about how organizations should be collaborating a bit more than they do um you know I think we're all guilty of you know sticking to our own little world sometimes you know and staying within our own safety you know areas of comfort um but we really need to. We need, really, really need to work more together, collaborate more together. Big, big organizations with small organizations, you know, and do yeah. that, you know, do that collaboration, that intersectionality, a lot more than we do. I don't know how we do it. Trans in the city is making huge inroads into this. Um sounds like you're doing a similar thing with your job. You know, what, what are your thoughts on collaborating? You know, not not just in terms of being a police officer, but you know, within the community the Wider community of trans and non
1: binary and LGBT, yeah. I'll stick my absolutely, I'll stick my trans in the city and police pat back, both of them on mm-hmm. here. And <laughs> you know what? Look, we in the who are trans, non binary, and gender diverse, we are mm-hmm. massively under attack at this moment in time by some very well funded, very well connected people. And sometimes I find it's so frustrating that quite often we don't want to talk to each other, or that we don't want to kind of reach out and hear our stories between ourselves at times. You know, quite often charities and uh, third sector organisations are often really quite siloed because, you know, we've got to keep and protect our funding stream. And in a way, I kind of, you know, I get that. Yeah. But actually, you know what? we need to talk we need to communicate we need to work together this is not a place for ego this is not a place for us to um to um you know have i don't i don't agree with you so i'm just going to fold my arms and listen or not listen to a word you're saying we need to hear people we need to have uncomfortable conversations you know we need to have uncomfortable sessions within the police and it's exactly the same thing you know we need to talk and have those times where it's uncomfortable. But we are actively listening to all of the members of the community. We're hearing what they have to say because it's getting that work together. It's that collaboration where all of us hear what we have to say, that actually we will start to stand and be stronger for each other. Because we are really good. We are really good at being visible or some of us are really good at being visible. Um. You know, there, there, are, there are young kids who go out there and protest every single day yeah, that are yeah. really visible, and that's just brilliant. Yeah. But we need to have that conversation piece where actually they'll talk to me as a cop and we'll have people who are in charities, in big charities, who are willing to engage and support with small charities and not worry about the small charity trying to steal a small amount of their funding you know we we need to work together and we need to put aside any of our differences yeah i agree because we are under attack and it's that communication piece it's us having that point where we can talk together and we can listen and we can see each other and we can actually see each other without having those blinkers on i think that's where we'll start to have that better collaborative work yeah, I think it's we really should important. remember
0: that collaboration works in both directions. You know, you have yeah, to collaborate, so. you know, up the tree, down the tree, sideways, everywhere you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not it's not about getting the exclusive or keeping it to yourself. You know, you need to open the door and share it with other people, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And have a common message and that's where that's what we're missing. You know, we're 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 just we're just everywhere. But I don't want to be here. I don't want to be talking to the police on a regular basis. I don't want to be going out and, and, and showing trans people that they have a representation in the police because it should
0: just be an accepted part of life. Well, yeah, I mean we will get there. We will definitely get oh, there. we will get there.
1: We, we will. will absolutely get there. You know, uh, we just absolutely. touched on
0: activism and protest. Um what were your thoughts? I mean, I know you're a police officer, so maybe you've got slightly different views on protest, but you know, young people they love to do, you know, kind of like the the pro you know, the one that's in Glasgow, the when they do the song and the dance protest. Can't remember what it's called now, but that's really fun. I really enjoy the way I really like the way they do that. And then you look at people like Peter Tatchell, who's like a one a one man crusader who, you know, goes to places, you know, all over the world and puts himself in great danger, you know, so you've got his kind of protest. And then you've got people who do things like, you know, just everyday things like, they, you know, they, they they run a little organisation. It's, it's a kind of a protest. You know, so, you know, what, you know, activism, protest, what I think is the best way to look at it is do what you can. Don't be pressured into doing things you're not comfortable with. Um, You know, you might get criticised for not doing enough, but you've got to remember that a lot of people are under a lot of, pressure they're not comfortable sometimes you know they're going through transition so they need support and you know do what you can i think is my message do what you can and collaborate as much as you can don't over Absolutely. don't try and do too much
1: being visible is really probably. it's difficult
0: easy. it's draining it's very draining
1: It is being visible and being yourself uh, are two different things but the more that we have visible trans people, non-binary people, gender diverse and gender um, expansive people, that will start to impact on society because people will see that it's just normal, that we've existed, that we've always existed. Going back thousands and thousands of years, trans and non-binary people have always existed. I love protest. I think it's just brilliant. We live in a democracy. And whatever people think about police is that actually we do have, um, we have it get it wrong sometimes. We also get it right sometimes. And ultimately we have a positive and negative duty as police in order to facilitate and not hinder and, and place undue restrictions on protest. And I know You know, I'm a cop and people are going to probably quite often, a lot of people might just say, you know, especially when Sky talks about protest, you might switch off. I think it's brilliant. Freedom of expression is important. Freedom of expression is important. Freedom of assembly is important. You know, it's really important that people can stand and be themselves. We need to be ourselves. Just walking out the front door in 2023 as a trans person is an act of bravery. And sometimes it's in its own right. It's just an act of protest. Just going to the shop and buying a loaf of bread, sometimes as a trans person who's visible, is an act of protest. And it's not something that we want to do. Sometimes it's just what we have to do. I think it's brilliant. And I think if people go out and protest peacefully, that's just incredible. That's brilliant. You know, absolutely power to everybody to do so. So
0: nonviolent protest. use humour because I think be creative
1: at, I think that's yeah. At, yeah be creative and use humour because you look at you, you look at where protest does turn violent and actually we need to get people on our side we need to get society to see that trans people are just people and we can't we got to can't put up barriers between that if that makes sense in my view I might be wrong and people might tell me I'm wrong and I'll hear them and I'll understand that and I'll do my best to get that. But I think we need to get people on side because it's having the public on side, seeing that we are just normal people. Yeah, you've got That's to engage you change. You've got to yeah. engage with people
0: to do that.
1: Yeah, and, and having barriers put up because people just think now there's sky, sky's putting in windows again. Well, they're not gonna come and speak to me. If that makes sense. You know, we're gonna have that um you know, there's sky, guys, sky's up to this, up doing that we need to have that engagement that we talked about and and actually we need to break down barriers not put them up yeah but you know what when it comes to protest for me self-care is the priority being trans is difficult being non-binary is difficult with it comes a whole world of of am I going to be accepted by my family am I going to be accepted by my friends is my employer going to accept me you know, it's a huge, huge, difficult journey that we all have to navigate in our own individual ways, but each one is so different. So for me, the most important part of the whole thing, really, is you know, we've got to have self care. We've got to actually have that moment of you know what I need to step back here. Yeah, so I do yeah. that. I, I know I've learnt how to step back. Do I what you can help. and know I when to to... Know when
0: to take a break. I think is important, isn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. For Exactly. Talking about the abuse that I get and showing to the police that that what it's like to be trans as a visible trans cop. You know, there are times where I've stood on the line at a football stadium and I've had thousands of fans in a a, a stand singing abuse solely at me. Mm -hmm. I've had a whole train station singing, is it a man or a woman, at me. And, you know, having that point of going, you know what, I was due to talk to somebody that week and talk about my journey and abuse that I get, actually, you know what? I am really not in the headspace to relive that moment because exactly. that was just simply awful. And it's not in that moment of just stepping back. Step back, taking And a, take understanding. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so, you know, we, we've probably, we, I think we've covered everything that we set out to there. But the, the, the one last thing that I think is really important, you know, your personal message, to the community, if you have one. Um, You know, we're under a lot of pressure from, you know, the right-wing media. The government's really not helping. Tories are, you know, we know what the Tories are. Um, What's your message to the community? What You know, are we going to get through this? How are we going to get through this? When's it going to end?
1: What would you say? There, There is hope. I have faith. That is us. There are us and hope is the biggest thing that we have and hope can never be taken away. Hope is in all of us. But I look at the young cops that are coming through now because they are generations. They are the new people that are coming through. They are the people that are going to university this year. They are the people that went to university last year. And they do not care. That I'm trans, they're not the old dinosaurs who are looking in the room, going like, uh, Yeah, so there's a lot that of hope. Again. What's that? What a hope for the future. There is hope, we will, we, will, we will get through this, and you know what? We are going to be on the right side of history, absolutely. I know we will. We will be on the right side of history. There's hope, it might not be today, and it might not be tomorrow, and it might seem that we're wading through this, this, this whole avalanche of lies, this hate, and this vile yeah. misinformation, but you know what? We are going to be on the right side and we are going to show that we are just people and that we've got so much to offer the society, that we are just so valuable and we are lovable and we are amazing and there is hope. Excellent. So don't give up. Keep fighting. Don't give up. And yes. We forget that. yes. Be you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, Sky, thank you so much for coming on and doing this podcast today. I think we had a really good conversation there. I've enjoyed it. Thank forward you. to seeing you at Trans in the City in November.
1: Um, yes.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's it's been great.
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Vicky.
0: I will sign us off there. So, you know, please come back, subscribe, listen to another podcast soon, as as we do a few more. Um, it's been great. Thank you so much. And I'll sign us off there. So, Tatty, bye for now. Bye. Bye.